0: We need to train ourselves. This is out of Charles Capp's book. I just wanted to share. This is my nugget this morning. It's a little long nugget, but we need to train ourselves to speak God's word. Let us train ourselves to speak God's word. Ephesians 5 1 tells us to be followers of God as dear children. The word followers in the Greek means to imitate. We are to imitate God as a child does his father. If a child imitates his father, he will walk like him, talk like him, and pattern pattern his every move after him. So fathers, you need to be really careful on how you conduct yourselves. Amen? Amen? Mothers also. You see little girls and they imitate their mothers. We should do no less after our father God. When you study the life of Jesus, you find several important facts that caused him to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil. He says, "I will list a few." Number one, he met, he spent much time in prayer, but he never prayed the problem; he prayed the answer. What God said is the answer. Number two. He spoke accurate, never crooked speech. His conversation always consisted of what God said. Always consisted of what God said. Number three, he always spoke the end results. Not the problem. Never did he confess present circumstances. He spoke the desired results. Number four, he used the written word to defeat Satan. The Word of God conceived in the heart formed by the mouth and spoken out of the mouth is creative power. I'll say it again. The Word of God conceived in the heart formed by the tongue and spoken out of the mouth is creative power, hallelujah. Good, I do his confessions, healing confessions. I try to do them every night. Sometimes I fall asleep in the middle of them after me, because I, I pray and read the word and, and do the confessions at, at night. That's part of the time when I really like to spend time with the Lord when everybody's asleep. Okay, I started a series on protection. Not a series, but I started teaching on protection a couple Wednesday nights ago. And let's go ahead and turn to Psalms 91, 9 through 11. I've already prayed, but you know, in the time and the days that we're in, we need to keep the Word of God before us continually. And we don't need to keep the news before us continually. I, we don't watch the news after I preached or really listened to it. Um, after I taught that sermon, and I don't even know what it was that I taught and what was in the sermon. But there was something in it that I taught on what you hear. We quit listening to the news. It was like it was over. You know, there if we would be in the car, there was one news program that we, we didn't really watch the news. But it, it just, it was over. It ended. It was like the end. Like, I can't explain it. There was just, it's kind of like when the day I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and went home and threw away 17 packs of cigarettes, it was over. It, it's like... You know, when things are over, it's over. And thank God. So, so many people are so, especially Christians, let's just don't even go with the world right now. So many Christians are so concerned about what's going on, but it's the same old negative thing day and night, the same thing. Pastor does watch it um, Israeli news and what is that program what 's it called Israeli news I guess and he keeps up on that so psalms ninety one nine through eleven and i 'm going to read out of the amplified he will give his And that word give means order His angels a special charge over you to accompany and defend and preserve you in your ways of obedience and service. They shall bear you up on their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the adder and the young lion and the serpent. Shall you trample underfoot? because he has set his love upon me therefore will I deliver him I will set him on high because he knows and understands my name has a personal knowledge of his mercy, love and kindness trusts and relies on me knowing I will never forsake him no, never God says he will never forsake you. No, never. You know, people might walk away from God, but God will never forsake any person. The love of God is so strong for his children. He can't even imagine forsaking him. Yet, like I said, some people walk away from him. I don't quite understand that, but it does, it does happen. And we as believers in this hour... We need to go out and reach out to those that once knew the Lord and have backslidden and get them in. You say, well, what if they yell at me? Well, they might. That's where we learned this morning in early class where prayer and fasting and praying and the Holy Ghost comes in. And spending your time just praying until the Lord speaks to you and reveals to you. Okay, Psalms 9710. O oh, you who love the Lord, hate evil. He preserves the lives of his saints, the children of God. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. It says in the King James, Ye that love the Lord hate evil. He preserves the souls of the saints. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. So he's telling us that if we love Jesus, we love the Lord, we're going to hate evil. We're going to hate it. Absolutely detest it. And there's enough of it around us today that, it, there, you know, when I was growing up, there was more. You never saw grocery stores or like Macy's or something like They weren't open on Sundays. That was the day for church. People didn't go shopping on Sundays. Now we see stores open on Christmas and Thanksgiving and Easter and whatever. But there is so there's there's so much evil out there, we need to hate it. Absolutely hate it. Amen? So he says, You that love the Lord hate evil. So if you love God, you'll hate evil. He preserveth. The souls of his saints, he delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. So he promises, love the Lord, hate evil, he preserves you. He delivers you out of the hand of the wicked. You know, today we see so many things happening to so many people, and we we look at it and we go, What how did how come that happened? Where was I? Where should I have been? And, and we need to really search our hearts and, and be prepared to. I can't go, I can't not go back to what the early class was on. We need to be prepared to go in and save a person or a family that the enemy is trying to destroy. We just had a certain thing happen this last week. That family needed, needed, needed prayer. They needed help. They needed salvation. They needed to know the full anointing and power of God. The Bible says in Hosea 4, 6, that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And I was talking to someone the other day, and they said, well, why didn't I know that? And I said, my people are perishing for a lack of knowledge, it's right here for us to read. But are we going to take the time to read it? Amen. What has your attention? You know, just being in the presence of God, I know that we're different. This church is different. We don't talk when we come in. We come in purposely to praise and worship God and to minister to Him and receive of Him. God gave that to pastor, gosh, I don't know how many years ago. But that is why, why are we here? You know, why did God create man? To have fellowship with him. Praise you, Jesus. Psalms 119, 116, and 117. Protection. This is a psalm that, really, we should all read at least once a month, the whole psalm. Amen? Psalms 119, 116, and 117. Uphold me according to your promise, that I may live, and let me not be put to shame in my hope. Hold me up, that I may be safe, and have regard for your status continually. Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Hold thou me up, and I shall be safe, and I will have respect unto thy statutes continually." This is continually, not just once in a while when we feel about it, feel like we need, you know. This, we are in a, in, an era, in, a spa, in a time now where everything we do should be centered around God. Everything. You say, well, that's impossible. No, it's not. You say, well, how can I do that at work? You can live a godly life in front of those that you work with and work for. You know, people should come up to each, to us, I don't know, and say, what's different about you? You have something different, and I want it. Amen? Psalms 20, 21, verse 8. I know most of these are in the Psalms this morning. Usually you have an, about 45 to an hour of worship and. An hour of teaching, but the Lord will probably let you out early. Psalms 121.8. I could just bask in the presence of the Lord. It was really hard to come up here, I'll be honest. The Lord will keep you going out. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Verse 7, the Lord will keep you from evil. He will keep your life. Glory to God. You say, well, what about what's going on all over us? You know, I've seen pictures of tornadoes. When we went to Bible school, Tulsa area was Tornado Alley. And, you know, you see pictures of tornadoes or, or fires or acts of the devil they call them acts of God but they're not acts of God they're acts of the devil the Bible says in John 10 10 that the thief comes to kill steal and destroy but Jesus said I come to give life and life more abundantly but you'll see Christians homes will be saved Christians homes will be protected and you know the home right the whole street might be completely wiped out but there's one home there and they'll they'll be confessing that I know Jesus Don't confess calamity and tragedy. Don't speak those things out of your mouth. Don't confess everything that's going wrong in your life. Begin to confess those things that the Word of God says about your life. Greater is He that's in you than he that's in the world. You are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. I'll tell you, when you go overseas and you preach like this couple, you... You don't know what you're going to eat. Number one, am I correct? You never know what, but but you got to eat it. Pastor and I were going to go to the Philippines after Raymond, so but it was closed off, and this is where God wanted us. But you don't know what you're going to eat. And we had some friends that that were in the Philippines, and they ate dog, and they said, "Trust me, the dog looked a lot better." And tasted a lot better than the pork. And so, you know, they went up up high in some village. And um, they said, "You, you, if you're going to witness to somebody, you better play, eat what they place before you. Am I correct there? I mean, if you're going to witness to somebody, because they're giving you their very best. I know when Pastor went to Guatemala, he didn't know what he ate half the time, but, but he ate it. It was funny. They... He told about the, they made this Indian, or some kind of fry bread. Well, the men never saw it. The women ate it. (laughs) The men never saw it. And later on, when they were talking about it, later on the plane or whenever, the women were, the women gained weight on this trip, and the men lost. And, um, they were talking about the, the bread, and and all the men were like, "What bread? We never saw any bread." But the, but the women, no, women, that's wrong. You know, you're supposed to serve your husband first, right? But they ate all the, they ate all the bread. Anyway, I just threw that in for a good one. God protected them. They were all protected. None, you know. When you, like I said, when you go to another country, you're going, you are really, you're walking by faith here, but you are really walking by faith the whole way through. Pastor looked at me and he said, you are not called for the mission field. I will tell you, and I, that's why, I think one of the reasons why we give so much to missionaries, because we had friend, we've had friends in the mission field, and one of our friends went without a stove for how many years? Seven years, I think it was, without, without an oven. When I heard that, it just crushed me. If I, but she never, ever, ever complained. Ever. Never, ever. Now, I don't know how many women in America would never, ever complain if they didn't have a, a, a stove or a Oven or a microwave. Okay, we'll move on. Psalms one forty five eighteen, Or some places you only have a bicycle. We're so used to jumping in our car and it's starting. Psalms 148, 18 through 20. No, wrong. What did I say? 145. I am so sorry. Thank you. What would I do without you? 18 through 20. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him sincerely and in truth. He will fulfill the desires of those who reverently and worshipfully fear him. He will also hear their cry and will save them. The Lord preserves all those who love Him, but all the wicked will be destroyed. That's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Now look at it. it says the Lord. Let's see. One, four, eight, five, eighteen. The Lord is nigh unto you. It says, "All them that call unto Him." To all that call unto him, him in truth. Now I want us to look a minute in James. This is why it's so important. You know, the Bible says call upon the elders of the church. But unfortunately, so many people wait for the pastor to call upon them. But that's not how the word puts it. Amen. Let's look at this a second. Let's look at what happens when you call upon the Lord. It's in James. You know that book that tells you to count it all joy when you encounter diverse tests and trials, knowing that the trying of your faith work with patience. Amen. How many have been doing that lately? Okay, it says in James chapter 5, verse 13, Is anyone among you afflicted, ill-treated, suffering evil? He should pray. Is anyone glad at heart? He should sing praises to God. Is anyone among you sick? He should call. Let's see what it says. Is there any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. That part right there is so powerful. If you have symptoms on your body and you call upon the elders of the church, not only will you be healed, but if you have any sin in your life, it will be forgiven you. That is so powerful when you think of it. Trust me, if I have anything, I'm calling upon the elder of the church. My husband. (laughs) But these are promises, just like this other promises that call upon the Lord. Lord is ni- the Lord is nigh thee; all that call upon Him in truth, the Lord preserveth all them that love Him. But the wicked will be destroyed. Okay, let's look at Proverbs one thirty three. Need help? Wait. Proverbs one thirty three. But whoso hearkens unto me. Wisdom shall dwell securely and in confident trust and shall be quiet without fear or dread of evil. But whosoever hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. There is a place that we need. Well, let's move up a little bit. Um, No, this is not where I want to move up. Okay, it says, You, but whoso hearkens to me shall dwell securely and in confident trust and shall be quiet without fear or dread of evil. There is a, we are in a, it's always been this way, but we are in a time in in the hour that we live in that your whole lifestyle, your whole being, Needs to be crawling, calling upon the Lord and crying out to the Lord. Now, I have a place because my office isn't put together at home yet. I have a place and, and where is my secret place that I go to be with the Lord. And right now, that's my bed. I have it all these pillows around it. And I'll just go in there and just, not that I'm getting into bed to go to sleep, but I'll go in there and I will just kick back and just be quiet before the Lord. I'll pray in the Holy Ghost. I'll have my Bible there. I know Pastor brought me something this morning and I had asked if he could um, bring me a pencil or something and he brought it and I told him thank you but I never really realized because I was in the middle of prayer when he brought it. We need to enter into a place where it's you and God that secret place of the most high find a place in your house that you can do this where you where you feel maybe not real comfortable because you might go to sleep but where you know that this is your spot this is where you've chosen and you meet God there amen you have to have a place that you meet God you know, in the early days when we started the church, I used to go out, because I don't have an office now here, I used to go to Waller Park to be alone. And I'd just go out and find a place at Waller Park and just stay out there until I was done with the Lord, because Matt was still home, things were going on at home. There, There's just that secret place where you have to find that place where you and God can connect. That means... TVs are off, radios are off, everything's off. It's you and the Lord. Amen. Some people can get into the Lord through music. Some people get in the Lord through the word first. Some people pray first, whatever. But you know how you've been. I'm going to share this. (laughs) It's funny. Most of you know that one of the places where God really speaks to me is in the bathroom, and I've shared this many times because when our kids were little, three little boys, one bathroom, the bathtub was my spot, and they knew she's in there. Don't bug her. And when she comes out, she'll come out. But God speaks to me there. It's either there or, or he'll speak to me wherever. But I have two places where he really talks to me outside of... Our bed, my place, that's not the only place, but the bathroom, and then when I'm picking, putting, putting on my makeup because I am completely settled. Nothing's going to move me. I've got something I'm doing, and God can speak to me. I know that sounds really funny, but you can laugh. Okay, Proverbs 2.8. More times if I'm counseling someone or if God has something to say to somebody, it'll it'll take place in those two places on Sunday morning. Okay, two eight. He that well we're gonna have to go up to seven. He hides away sound and godly wisdom. Let's move up. I'm sorry. Let's just let's go to verse one. Chapter 2 of Proverbs, verse 1. My son, if you will receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to skillful and godly wisdom and inclining and directing your heart and mind to understanding, applying all your powers to the quest for it, yes, if you cry out for insight, and raise your voice for understanding. If you seek wisdom as for silver and search for skillful and godly wisdom as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of our omnipotent omnip- God for the Lord gives skillful and godly wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He, hi- he hides away sound and godly wisdom and stores it for the righteous, those who are upright and in right standing with him. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly and in integrity. Hallelujah. Look at this. He says, He hides away sound and godly wisdom and stores it for the righteous. He's hidden this and he stored it for us. He has spoken our lives from the very foundation of the earth. He spoke us into existence. He spoke what we were to do and he has godly wisdom, skillful, and godly wisdom from his mouth for us and knowledge and understanding for every circumstance and situation that we will go through in life. He has that stored up for us. That is so powerful when you think of it. The Bible says His thoughts towards us are more than all the sand. So think of the godly wisdom and understanding that He has stored up for you. How are you going to hear it if you're listening to something else? Think of it. Think think of this. Amen. So it says, For God giveth wisdom out of his mouth, cometh knowledge and understanding. He he layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and perseverance. preserveth the way of his saints. Hallelujah. I think I could have said that better in tongues. Glory to God. The reward of wisdom. That is the reward of wisdom for us. My son, if you will receive my words and hide my commandments within thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding verse 3 yea if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid hidden treasure then thou shalt understand the fear of the lord and find the knowledge of god hallelujah For the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth, cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Glory to God. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. You know, Think of what God has promised just just in this scripture of chapter 2, Proverbs 2, 1 through 8. What he has promised to give us. And all we have to do is what? Receive his words, hide his commandments within ourselves. Glory to God. You know, as you hide those and read and meditate on those commandments and on the word of God as Joshua did, meditate on his word day and night, he said, then you shall make your way prosperous. Why? Because you've meditated on that word. You have taken that word and you have meditated on that word. And that word is ever ready when God is ready to bring it back to your remembrance and it's when it's needed for you to remember and speak it forth. His word is is all powerful. Jesus said to his disciples, Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, and cast out devils. That word is all powerful. You can see those that stored the word. You see where Paul stored the word, and he said, and he talks about where. People deserted him and tried to twist and turn the word around, the, true, the truth around. You know, he was blunt. He called their names out bluntly. He didn't mess around with things like people are afraid to do today, unfortunately. We would have a, le- a lot less goofiness and doctrine if, if men and women of God had the, the hmm, intestinal fortitude to be bold. The Bible says we are to be bold. We're not to fear man. We're to be bold. Amen. Not to hurt somebody, but be bold. If you see that someone is, is being sucked into something, you need to pull them out of it. You need, you need to be bold enough to say that's wrong doctrine and, and get them out of it ASAP. Okay, this is going to be the last one. Okay. Proverbs 3, 25 and 26. This is protection. Do not be afraid of sudden fear. Neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. My Bible says God's not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Amen. Mm -hmm. A sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind. For the Lord sh- shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. That's a good one right there. The Lord shall be your confidence. If you don't have confidence in yourself, the Lord will be your confidence. You might go into a circumstance or a situation where it looks impossible. Well, God says, I will be your confidence. In other words, I will give you the words to speak. I'll make a way for you. I will open a door for you that no man can shut. I will tell you when to speak and when not to speak. Amen? Where did I stop? The Lord will be your confidence. With that, withhold not good from them whom it is due, when it is in thy power of thine hand to do it. Okay, let's see. Um, So be not afraid of sudden fear. You know, I'm going to put it bluntly. If you died and you know Jesus, where are you going? To heaven. If you don't know him, you're going to hell. I mean, it's that simple. There's two places. There's no no in between here. There's two places. Nobody can pray you out of, out of any place. You're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. If you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you're going to heaven. If you don't, then you're going to hell. And so we need to realize this. A lot of people think, well, you know, there is no hell. Yeah, there's a hell. I studied with a, um, a cult that didn't believe in hell. And, that's why it's easy for me if they come to my door to talk to them. Um, Proverbs three twenty five Again, I'm going to read this one. 25 and 26. Be not afraid of sudden fear. Be not afraid of death. Neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Remember last time I taught, I taught taught about Stephen and how here they're stoning him. Jesus stands up. Stephen can see into heaven. Jesus sits at the right hand of God. Jesus stood up. Peter sees it. He was martyred, and yet he went straight right into the presence of God. I mean, he could see straight into heaven. Don't you think he wanted to go there? Go ahead, you know, his thing was probably go ahead and stone me. But you notice when you read that account of of his life and his death and acts, he got out everything he needed to get out to share with them about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ before he went. It made him mad. It made them mad. You know, church, people do not like us Christians right now. Certain people don't. But God is going to give you the word to say when it's time to say. Be prepared because revival is about ready to break out. Do I think it's going to be a real long one? I don't know. I pray we get out of here soon. But there are people that need to be saved. And that should be our goal. What did Jesus do? He went about doing good. Amen? He said, I didn't come to judge. I came to save. And if people will get off judging and get more on saving, we're going to see great things take place. All right, I'm done. I know you're all hungry. I think Terry's back there getting it together, so... Please, everybody, please do stay. We want you to stay in fellowship. We don't talk in here, but honey, if you would get ready and go back. Do you have anything you want to share? Pardon? Pray over the food. Okay. Father, I just um, ask you to bless the food to the strength and nourishment of our bodies. Take sickness from our midst. And we thank you, Father God. We pray for everybody that has prepared this food. We thank you, Father God, that they are blessed. We ask you to bless them abundantly. And I thank you, Father God, that as we partake in fellowship, it will be a good time of fellowshipping around, around the word, around you, God. And we are so grateful and so very thankful for this time that we have together and for the time that we've spent in your presence today. God, I ask you to bless each person this week super abundantly above all that they could dare ask, think, or pray. Ephesians 3.20, God, let that be their prayer and their word for this week, God, that you supernaturally bless them. Amen. Go.